welcome to the Spinners Podcast. My name is Riley, and each week we listen to three random 45 RPM vinyls my best friend Nils bought off of eBay. This week we have Vlad Holiday in with us. He's an up-and-coming indie star, as well as the undisputed king of makeout music. How are you doing tonight, Vlad? I'm good, I'm good. How did you end up with the aesthetic you have right now? Because it seems very intense and thought out. I guess I was just trying to find a sound that, uh, that you know, people could listen to any of my songs and be like, oh yeah, that's Vlad. I mean, it took a long time to kind of figure out the production of it all, but um, I, it kind of just all felt natural and I, I went with my gut. There's a big overlap with like sexy, sultry music and like really intense, sad and melancholy music. And I think your songs often operate on the crossroads of that. Yeah. Do you have any insight into what those two moods have in common? No, I don't. <laughs> I have no insight on that. I mean, when I think of sexy music, I don't think of like what I'm doing, but but in a way, yeah, like romantic, intimate. I think maybe intimate is the term, it's, it's like the word. And um, a lot of times that could be about a relationship or nostalgia or something along those lines and just kind of make you feel a certain way. I don't know, I, didn't, I never think of it like that deeply though. <laughs> <laughs> Comes natural. What are the elements yeah. to you in your music that make it so intimate in that way? Well, maybe it's, it, it, I feel like all my songs kind of just start with the melodies and I try to, I try to go like a little against the grain of, of what's maybe like expected from like, from a pop vocal and I try to find mm -hmm. the notes in between that might sound a little more moody or something. So maybe it just starts there and, and, and that's kind of where the mood starts to have its thing and, um, it kind of goes from there and I write a lyric that matches what the music is doing or completely doesn't match but still somehow fits and yeah that's kind of my process. I love that. I think there are a lot of different times when I'm listening to your music where like at first I think I know where the melody is going and then when it doesn't go that way it's somehow not that feeling that you sometimes feel where it's like you know kind of like an ugly like oof it's yeah it, it makes you pay attention in like a really cool way and uh, it just makes the melody so unique i appreciate that thanks aside from writing for the vlad holiday project you also produce some other people right yeah i've been yeah i've done that in the past and i you know sometimes i'll do that for one reason or, or another and i i think that's actually played a big role into just being able to get what's in my head out, you know, into a song and, 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 and be, become a better producer is, is to have worked on other things rather than just my own music. Is it a different experience working with other people than just kind of working on your own singular vision? Yeah, it's totally different. Some people are built for that. I don't know that I'm built for that, to be honest, but I do have friends that are, that I write with sometimes. Um, as of now, no no Vlad Holiday songs that I've put out have been co-written, but uh, I'm not opposed to that. I, I, I feel most creative when I'm by myself, to be honest. You spent some time in the pop-punk scene back in the earlier 2000s. What, how do you look back on that time? What was Warp Tour like? Oh man, well... <laughs> To be honest, I was never a fan of, of pop-punk music. My first band was in high school. We, we had a record deal. I was about 16 or 17 and started touring everywhere. 
And music in that time, I'm, I want to say it was like 2005 or six. Yeah, something like that. Music in that time was just kind of, like, that's kind of what was in pop punk, if you want to call it that, or that kind of stuff. I kind of always hated that extremely whiny thing, which which I totally, I like, I don't know, it, it's definitely coming back. And, and, like, I have a lot of friends around me that will put that stuff on, and it's just, it drives me crazy. <laughs> To be honest. Well, yeah, I was thinking that because the music you you make now is like such a different world than some of those old older band stuff, and I really wonder, like, did your inspirations change? Yeah, well, honestly, back then I was I was more so just I was a guitar player in that band, so I was influenced by blues guitar, rock guitar heroes. I just wanted to be in a rock band, to be honest. And I did write some of that music, but it was it was very, I mean. It wasn't um, so thought out, and I didn't, you know, it takes it takes a lifetime to find your own voice. But yeah, I did warp Tour with my band Born Cages, which is my last band. We definitely didn't belong there, but we got the offer to do it, and to tour in a tour bus, and get paid, you know, decently. I mean, just enough to really get by. Maybe we made a little bit of money, but it wasn't anything crazy. And, like, we couldn't turn that down because it was a whole new audience that could potentially uh, discover us. But we definitely stuck out like a sore thumb. I mean, like, we, everybody there, would, most people there were, like, emo, screamo, or, or, or like, hardcore <laughs> yeah. kind yeah. of stuff. And, and, yeah, it was hard. I, I, to be honest, like, I had my headphones in a lot at that time wow. because I was like I can't even even like hearing it in the distant background like I can't um, that said I don't know like the BB Rexa was there she's a pop like singer and uh, there's definitely some we met some good people there too but not really my cup of tea I love that mental image of Vlad with his headphones on at a punk <laughs> festival <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of guitar heroes, I heard you went to Les Paul's funeral, and I'm very interested in what what that was like. Oh man, yeah, I yeah, that was crazy. I was I was young, and I have an endorsement or whatever with Gibson, and they just invited me to. They used to have this Gibson showroom in New York City, on in Hell's Kitchen, where the old Hit Factory Studios were. Um, so it was like a legendary spot to begin with, like. Michael Jackson, John Lennon, uh, Bruce Springsteen, kind of people, like everybody recorded there. But but then and it turned into this like Gibson showroom to showcase their their stuff and also like event spaces and rehearsal rooms. And I actually would rehearse there a lot. But I got invited to this thing and it was just it was me and my then high school girlfriend and like a bunch of rock stars. And I don't know why they invited <laughs> me, but it was cool and I saw, like I signed his like, the wall and it was like full of signatures, like thank you for everything, you know. And like I, I signed that and it was pretty surreal. I don't know. To be, yeah, like to be honest, I at that point maybe wasn't even that familiar with Les Paul other than I loved, I mean, I have a Les Paul tattoo. <laughs> um, but I, I loved um, my guitar, and I, I, I think it goes far beyond that. First of all, he was from Mawa, New Jersey, which is where somehow I landed from when I moved to America from Romania, I, and somehow ended up in Mawa, New Jersey. So he was from there, he had a place there, 
I don't know, he invented multi-track recording and he was a, he invented a lot of things and he was a huge like I mean, he's credited as inventing the electric guitar, period. So, you know, I, 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 it's it's a little like, it, either way, awesome dude. And and also his music that he put out with his wife, Mary Ford. There's some amazing, amazing music and like insane harmonies. And again, he just invented multi-track recording. So there's just layers on layers on layers of harmonies. And it's just, it's so cool, both on the guitar and the vocals. And the guitar tones are actually, I didn't even know it then, but I, they're such a huge inspiration to me. It's like this almost clean kind of thing, but, and, and jazz influenced kind of. I don't know, I was playing a cranked Marshall stack for a long time and it's fun and all, but at, it, it all kind of starts sounding the same to me. So I, I think, as I was saying earlier, it takes years to like find your voice. That also, as a guitar player, I feel like I'm coming into my own and, and figuring that out as well. Are you a Springsteen fan? I am, yeah. Um, I wasn't for a long time. Not, I mean, I just didn't know that much of him. And I, I think I, I don't even know when he played the Super Bowl, but uh, I to, that must have been so long ago at this point. I think but 2009. That's so. I think that's when I was like, oh shit, I need to listen to him because that was so fucking cool and and then i i saw him live a couple of times and he's pretty awesome and was was definitely a huge influence in my last band and i i, I like i feel like you can kind of hear it more so than my current project but but he's definitely the boss yeah <laughs> all right this is this is a question we don't have to get into if you don't like so you can say skip but will you tell us about your relationship with kids bop Oh yeah, sure. Um, when I was extremely broke, I knew the guy who produced Kids Bop, and uh, because he, he was affiliated with uh, my current publishing company, Concord Music Publishing. Before then, it was called Razor and Tie. Um, and um, I engineered like a couple of sessions. Yeah, nothing crazy. Just paid a little bit so I could get by. Yeah. Wait, so did you get to meet some of the Kids Bop kids? I did, yeah. <laughs> and how how did they act? Like, were they really full of themselves? Were they polite? No, no, they were... You know, the touring Kids Bop kids are mu probably different than the people in the studio. I've been thinking about, like, like, your lyrics are just so, you know, intense and adult at oftentimes. And just the idea of you working on a Kids Bop record, that's so fun. The, the tones are... Yeah, 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 for sure. But, you know, I, I, think, I think everything that I've done and everything that you've worked on or even just listened to, it, it, it's in it's informed who I am, and, and I, sometimes you learn what not to do, to be honest. That's beautiful. So there's a lot of conspiratorial language in some of your songs with like, talking about like programming and like a struggle to stay afloat and all of that. In mm. your mind, what are you fighting? Like, is there a unified darkness that your songs are a response to? I think the unified thing is throughout maybe some, or, or, or a lot of my songs is maybe just like learning how to deal with the change in technology and, and culture and, and, and feeling anxious all the time and not knowing how to deal with it and also feeling like because of that my attention span is getting smaller as is everybody's and just like freaking out about that and learning how to deal with 
with that and, and wishing it wasn't like that. <laughs> it's powerful. It's really powerful. Both of us love all of your songs. Very impressed by all of it. Thanks. So guys. glad you're here. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna play you some music and you can tell us what you think about it. Alright. I'm trying to think Will you rate these songs on a scale from 1 to 10 of, on how sexy or intimate they are? <laughs> okay, perfect. Alright, so the first song we have here is Please Mr. Please by Olivia Newton-John. In the corner of the bar there stands a jukebox music old and new you can hear your five selections for a quarter and somebody else's songs when yours are through I got good Kentucky whiskey on the counter and my friends around to help me Some button-pushing cowboy plays that love song And here I am just missing you again Please, Mr. Please Don't play B-17 It was our song, it was his song But it's all I, I genuinely deeply love that song. Yeah, it's good. I've never heard it. I find that song heart-wrenching. Just 
the the concept of just not being able to listen to a song again is just such like it's just such a emotionally charged idea and like something that I think we've all experienced. I think songs about songs are always a funny concept too. So yeah, I have to rate it. Yeah, how sexy was that song, Glad Holiday? It was uh, it was it wasn't that as it wasn't super sexy, but it was definitely sad and intimate. Yeah, I can. I, yeah, I, I'll rate it a seven and a half out of ten. Interesting. I'm guessing lyrically instead of that little flute, because that flute wasn't very intimate. Yeah, maybe. But you know, I did kind of like the production. But um, yeah. Also, I love I love me some sad country music for sure. Like <laughs> Willie Nelson, uh, Ricky Nelson. I don't know. There's a bunch of good good ones. Um, but that was that was a good one. I've never heard it before. I got some ABBA vibes from it too. Oh, that's a good call. Like I in the chorus, like it kind of, yeah, I never, I wasn't expecting it to go there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. The chorus felt very different from the verses. Mm -hmm. No, but it's great. I like button pushing cowboy. That's such a great line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that title is weird. I never really thought about that. Because of all of the lines, you know, like the, just the theory of like how you name a song. They chose a strange combination of three words. Please, Mr. Please. Please, Mr. Please. Yeah, yeah. I guess maybe that's the first line in the chorus. I'm not really sure. But uh, yeah, the song titles are hard. Sometimes you go with the obvious. Sometimes you, sometimes that's too obvious, and you got to go somewhere else. So I struggle with that. I feel, <laughs> I feel for them. Do you have a philosophy for your own songs about how you name them? Mm, no, I just kind of got to go with your, with, with like what I'm feeling in that moment but yeah sometimes it's like oh that's obviously like the hook so that's the the title but but sometimes if you do that it almost it's it makes it too poppy or something i don't know it doesn't really matter to be honest but uh <laughs> maybe it does maybe it does but at the end of the day i just go with my gut i think it's a strong choice for this song because it doesn't it doesn't make sense like it catches your eye because it's at mm -hmm. first gibberish and then you yeah. kind of have to get the context from listening yeah how, how would you feel about the song if it was called Don't Play B-17? That would be cool, but that is also more... That's like, that sounds like another song we'd get on this, you know, this show. Yeah. I, I, Please, Mr. Please mm -hmm. has has a, a mystery to it. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Fact that it it kind of draws me in. Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Alright, should we hear the next one? Yeah, let's go for it. Alright. Uh, so this is When I See You Smile by Bad English. Alright. Sometimes I wonder how I'd ever make it through Through this world without having you I just wouldn't have a clue Cause sometimes it seems like this world's closing in on me And there's no way of breaking free And then I see you reach for me Sometimes I wanna give up, wanna give in I wanna quit the fight And then I see you, baby And everything's alright Everything's alright When I see you smile I can face the world Oh, you know I can do anything 
change made me so angry because it meant the song kept going <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know i hate to be a hater because it's so easy but i'm gonna give that a one yeah oh there we go God. you're right no, it's that easy song is not good it's easy so, for a reason it's bad. yeah i mean so the sentiment of, of it is just so predictable it's too predictable you know like, and that predictability matches the predictability of the melody perfectly. <laughs> everything. I mean, the production is just straight cheese. It's textbook cheese. It's, it's uh, yeah. yeah. But, you know, who am I to judge? I gotta say, when he started talking about rays of light, it reminded me of Quit Playing Cool with the shimmer of Wave. Oh, man. That's sad to hear that it reminded me of that. Yours is much, <laughs> yours is much more subversive. I no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's there is there's so many there's it's funny music is 
There's so many different ways you can say the same thing. And I, I prefer love songs that are a little more realistic or, or just, yeah, just more real in one way or another. And this one was just so like out of a 80s movie, you know. And not in the endearing way. No, like no, this no. had those, like there are versions of this song that are, you're right, they're like fun, or they're, have, they have something to offer, but this one I just, I don't know. Yeah. And then there was that weird, confusing, undeserved guitar solo yeah. in the middle <laughs> that like didn't really do anything for the song. Nah. Like, this is not, it's not the kind of sentiment that lends itself to like a rock out moment. And it no. tried to have that. <laughs> I think it's just at the, in that, like, in those days it was just mandatory to do that. So they had to. Maybe so. <laughs> a four minute long song too. Like, it doesn't earn it. If it has no. that many repeated choruses, you know. And it goes nowhere. There's nothing new about it. I do like that beginning piano, the beginning and end, that kind of like arpeggiated little, like those like those keys are nice because it's a little more tasteful than what happens. And then they kind of get swallowed by that massive melody that just does not stop. <laughs> oh my God. At some point I thought that maybe when he's talking about like, I can't make it through. Like at some point I thought maybe he's talking about like the relationship. Like he's like, I can't push through in this relationship when it gets hard. No, like, I, that would be a much more interesting sentiment. Yeah. It was not that. <laughs> no, I think it was just like, all right, what what are all the cliches I can fit in this song? But, yeah. <laughs> they Dance don't even cliches. like, they don't work together. They're separate ideas that they just that's, forced. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, to be honest, it's hard to write like, uh, you know, <laughs> a song, period. But but to, to fit everything and, and for it to be extremely cohesive, I think... I think on some level, there's some songs that really don't give a fuck about that. They're just like, well, here's a line. Great. <laughs> right. This is the thing people say. This is yeah. this is the thing people say. We can put that right next to this other other thing that people say. It doesn't matter if they don't <laughs> go together. This sounds like a song to me. <laughs> when, we, when we consider that with the name of the band, which again is Bad English, do you think that they're just like, they don't actually speak English and they just looked up like romantic cliches and then just slapped those together Man, well the thing is th this is two members of journey this is a super group with some Whoa. really good musicians How? in it this How? is a super group this is the best of multiple killer 80s bands and this is their lead single interesting i do hear journey in that but it's like a yeah. weird pale imitation of like the yeah 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 songs. it yeah mm -hmm. i like comparing this to a bad holiday song i don't know why but they're <laughs> Because yours are such a it's such a twisted romantic thing, but yours end up coming across as way more romantic than any of these ones. So it's kind of an interesting study about like so how you're supposed to. At a certain language. point, I think I think a lot of art uh, it was like supposed to just be very straightforward, and that's just what was going on and what was popular. In in movies too, and not saying that there weren't wasn't great music and movies happening around then, but that was kind of just like everybody was like oh this is the formula now let's follow it you know and maybe maybe now we're more in a in an in an era where people are, are trying to like break that formula and tr try something new but then again i hear plenty of songs that <laughs> sound just as cheesy to me uh as that song 
uh, that are new. So I don't know. Yeah, it never ends. We can't escape it. Never ends. <laughs> maybe that's the darkness you're singing about. Dude, maybe. <laughs> maybe maybe it's the cynic in me. Just yeah, maybe that's what it is. We're with you. <laughs> All right. Should we try to get that terrible taste out of our mouths? Yeah. Yeah. All right, we got the Beach Boys to close us out. Why do fools fall in love? behemoth of four minutes yeah no that that's a great tune i mean um yeah it's they were a great band and you know you know there was like uh, some teenage girls seeing their early shows just losing their shit <laughs> it's, it's an interesting combination of styles because this is like doo-wop and then also you got that like harmony thing that the beach boys do mm -hmm. yeah exactly yeah it's 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 cool because yeah, it's exactly it's like a mix of that, um, and it, that's what keeps it interesting. And like some very obvious chords, and then like some interesting chord changes every now and then, or like the harmonies. And that's what they were, you know, the musicianship is up there for sure. It felt like there was a moment where it kind of just dropped out into that harmony, and I was really not expecting that because it kind of broke the the mold of how songs are supposed to go. Yeah, for sure. And then all I could hear in that moment was, Dan, that's, that's a really good reverb. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that that's, echo. that's like a legit plate reverb. Yeah, I want one. What'd you guys think of the lyrics? Lyrics were good. I mean, I don't think it, like they're absolute best. I've, I've thought about this song a lot because I was really into doo-wop <laughs> when I was mm -hmm. younger, as we talked about with Dion and all that. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
I, I wonder who the fool is in this in this song. Is it the singer or is it the partner that they're they're with? Because it could be like, I'm so angry that the person that I'm with is a fool and they're in love with me and I don't know how to, how to react to it. It's or probably it's both I'm of them. Fool it's, and it's, it's maybe saying like both of both of them are fools. Fools. Oh wow. Oh yeah, why do both of them? Wait, these lyrics are insane, and I'm only realizing it right now. What the <laughs> fuck are they talking about? I'm. Why does the rain? I'm also fall wondering, like, is it the fact that they fall in love? Is that what makes them the fool? Like, why do fools fall in love? Are they only Maybe. fools because they're falling in love? Because love is a losing no. game. Right. <laughs> I think you're right about. I think it's like it, the lo this relationship isn't meant to be, but they feel foolish because they still love them, but they know. Because they talk about why is my heart going crazy when I know it'll face defeat. Like yeah, yeah, I see. yeah, yeah. I love stuff like That's that. Met. I That's love met. that. Yeah. Yeah, I love the. Cool. Why do birds sing so? It good? knows it will reach defeat. What does that mean? Is the defeat yeah. like the heartbreak at the end of the road for? every relationship that doesn't end in death, which is so heartbreaking. <laughs> it's all heartbreaking. Yeah, that's in exactly. There's really no way out of it that's positive. <laughs> Dang. But, uh, but we still do it. And it's- Why is it? Over. Why? Um, cause it's a very, I don't know, very human thing. And we crave to have someone that understands us on, on a deeper level. And, I don't know, it's just kind of built into us. It doesn't really make sense. <laughs> like, on a biological level. I don't know. I mean, one thing that I use to, like, look at a lot of things is, like, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is, like, basically, if you have food and shelter and safety and, like, a bunch of other things, it kind of, like, builds up to, like, like, at the top you need, like, or the second to top you need, like, love and affection. So, you know, a lot of animals and stuff, they're not looking for love and affection because they're just looking for food. That's yeah. what they care about. But since, yeah, since exactly. we're such, like, conscious beings, I think that mm -hmm. we we have this, like, narrative in our head that's always going, whether, I guess some people don't sub-vocalize or whatever. But um, I think mm -hmm. that we feel kind of lonely in that. We might feel very lonely in that because we're the only ones that can hear that thinking. And maybe love is that fusion of two minds where you feel like you can actually not be alone in that subconscious. Wow. Yeah, that's that's what, yeah. We're maybe the only species that thinks that hard about, about <laughs> it. Yeah, but it's a beautiful thing when it is, and it's horrible and really ugly when it's not. And I think that's part of being human, and I'm, I'm glad to experience all of that, you know? It's, yeah can't be mad about that. It's interesting because with that terrible possibility that there could be such a terrible outcome, it is kind of foolish to ever go into a relationship at all. And maybe that's what this is kind of about. Like, yeah. with one of the possible endings being that bad, and yet you still decide to do it en masse, most of humans have engaged with this in some way. It's kind of the ultimate foolish thing you can but do. Then Set yourself but up is it to foolish to do when, like, sure, if you look at the end, of course it would seem foolish. But then you're that's skipping what it is. so much. That's in the what middle. it is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's it's it's really it's it, as a as a as a rational person, uh, it's easy to skip to the end and be like, well, th this is the outcome, so why do it? But that's and that's the point. That's kind of like the point of life is is the, the living part. I mean, we're all gonna <laughs> die. 
hard because in a lot of ways you have to be mathematical and calculator about a lot of things. But at the end, yeah, like, yeah, it doesn't make sense to do that, but it does if it brings you joy. And even if it brings you sorrow, it's still, I mean, you obviously should try to live your life trying to chase more joy than sorrow, but, um, but I think it's, it's super important that people look out for those things. I mean, that's what makes a life worth living. I think that's one of my favorite phrases. The point of life is the living part because it seems so wow. simple. Like that's like, it seems so simple, but I think that it's so hard for us to actually grasp that. You know, it's what you're living through. Yeah, so it is hard. It is hard. It's, you know why? Also, because we're, it's, it's very hard to grasp our mortality and culture and everything. I just, it's, it's something we don't talk about too often. It's scary and it's, it's like, oh, it's just, everything just goes away and you're, you know, that's why people, you know, religion and everything, it's, it, it, it's hard, like, it's hard to know what the point of it all is if at the end there's nothing, so, but... Yeah, it's so hard to not know. Not to get too depressing about it. Oh, no, but, let's get um, depressing about but it. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like one of my... One of my songs, like in the movies, is maybe one of... I, I feel like it's my most real love song, and the first line says... I won't love you forever. One day our bodies will wither away. Yeah, whatever, and so on. So that's, but, but, but I, I think, I think that's true love. Is, is, is like kind of acknowledging the reality of it, and that's something we forget to do. You become an adult, and you're, you have all this shit you got to worry about, and always planning for the next thing, always planning for more, for more money, for more. For a bigger apartment for um for all that and you you kind of get lost in the hustle and you forget the, the only thing that will make you happy is, is living in the moment and enjoying things rather than wishing for things you don't have and i think that's something we all struggle with um and it's something that i'm just consciously trying to figure out and write songs about <laughs> yeah I also think to bring it back to this song, uh, it seems like uh, this is at the beginning of a relationship where he's, you know, falling in love with someone, right? But the beginning of the relationship is also the closest point in that new relationship to the end of the old relationship, if that makes sense. So what? you're coming Whoa. out of your past relationship, and so any time that you're not in love, your closest relationship to love was falling out of love and having a broken heart so it's so True. easy like in that position where like you recognize it's coming to see the ending because you just experienced that ending it's been a lot longer yeah. since you've experienced the best parts even though you're closer yeah, to experiencing I, the best parts mm -hmm. true yeah i mean yeah it's definitely one way to look at it i've definitely been there where i was just like i nev never want to do that again yeah and then, you know, I found someone that made me change my mind about it all. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a roller coaster. And if, if cynical Vlad Holiday can find someone, then there's hope for the rest of us, too. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, this is true. All right, now comes, I don't know if this is hard or easy, but we have to choose two of these records to keep and one of them to banish to a back drawer, never to be seen again. Did you say, I don't know if this is hard or easy? <laughs> I mean, that's, it's very, um, uh, let me think. <laughs> I forgot and then I remembered and now I know what I think we're all thinking. <laughs> yeah, please get rid of that second please. one. Like, yeah. Don't even don't even put it in the drawer. Put it in the <laughs> recycle. I was I was literally thinking that. Like we don't endorse like you know destroying music on on this podcast, <laughs> but I might break that one. Oh man. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know I'm sure. I I am a I am a firm believer that somebody out there that's their favorite song, or or at least close to it. Like there's music is so. It's universal, but it's also very specific for certain people some people only like very specific things um and that's totally normal and that's totally fine mm. like i don't write like I, I i i realize my music like some people like it and it's definitely not for everyone and that's okay like i i think i spent a lot of my younger years pursuing music wondering you know how to get to the fucking top whatever that means and i'm so over that and um i think it's very uh, you know music is for everyone and i think anybody can do what they truly love and find some sort of little pocket of people that will also be into it well, thank you so much for coming on with us, Vlad. We really appreciate it. Ah, uh, hell yeah. Thanks for having me. Will you do the honors, Nils? I'll do the honors. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And remember, keep spinning. I remember us having a smoke on the corner of paradise. We laughed at the irony of naming a beat-down deli paradise. I saw men, what a metaphor for our state of denial. But hey, they tell me, Mom, you can't buy.